Well, I brought some folks with me this morning, and uh, I wanted to do something just a little bit different today to kind of introduce this morning, because uh, for one thing, I want to let you know I'm not going to preach a long time today. We're going to have a little shorter service. It's Christmas morning. We want to get you back to your families, and we want you to enjoy that. So it's going to be a little bit shorter of a sermon. But today, I also, I want to do this. I just want to take a minute and invite you into our living room. You know, Christmas is a lot about family, and I just wanted to take a minute, since a lot of my family's here with us this morning, to invite you into our living room and something we kind of do usually on Christmas morning, would read the Christmas story out of our family Bible. We would do that on Christmas and Easter, and that's about the only time we use this particular Bible, and we would bring this out as these were little ones. So I want to introduce you to who they are, and then I want us to read the Christmas story together. If I can invite you into my living room for just a minute. But uh, this is Mitchell. And Mitchell, I'm going to introduce you to these people first so that you'll know who they are. You all know Debbie, so she doesn't need any introduction there. But these others you need introduction for. So Mitchell, uh, so tell me you have some exciting news in your life coming up. Um, do I have... Yeah, I think so. You remember? This Saturday, I'm getting married. Yeah. So, there's that. Sorry. Our most intelligent child, he, he remembers when he's getting married sometimes. And we ask him, this Saturday, he's getting married in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, you also um, are on staff at a church down there in Nashville. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I, I work at a church plant down in Nashville. Um, I do the outreach and the mercy ministry stuff. And uh, yeah, I also work at Starbucks. So yep. he's, kind of the, he's kind of the evangelism director down there. He didn't tell you it's a Presbyterian church because he thought they'd throw, you out, throw him out <laughs> if he knew that. But I know you guys don't mind. So, And then here's Michael. Michael, just home from Air Force, got in yesterday. He has some exciting news too. <laughs> you all have been praying for him? Well, I got engaged yesterday. <laughs> That's exciting. And uh, Michael, tell us what kind of church do you attend? I attend the gospel service, which is an entirely African-American service. <laughs> they, they know how to worship, I tell you what. <laughs> it's a good time. He loves it. And then there's McKinley. And McKinley is my daughter-in-law-to-be. And uh, tell, what, kind, what church do you attend? I attend a Wesleyan church. She attends Wesley church. So we're all very diverse. And then my daughter, who's not here, she is a worship leader at a small church plant that meets in the American Legion in Sellersburg, Indiana. And she's not with us this morning. And she's our only Baptist. <laughs> so there you go. But they all love Jesus. So we're going to just read part of the Christmas story together as an introduction here as we would on our normal Christmas morning. All right, we're in Luke chapter 2 for the story. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to, Ju 
to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them at the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good, no- good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Then the angels had left them and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, the gift of family, and thank you, Father, for the gift of the Savior who was born on this day. Lord, we just pray that you bless the remainder of this service and use it for your glory. And I pray, Father, that you would hide me behind the cross as I I preach your word for just a few moments about what this precious time of year means. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. And uh, we're going to kind of pick up there and look at Luke chapter 2 today. And we are going to begin in verse 8 and just read through the portion here where the shepherds, the announcement to the shepherds. And as we take a look at the announcement to the shepherds, I I have just a couple of goals this morning. One of them. I just really want to be short and, so that, and, and not too long so that you can get home and be with your families. The other thing is I really want to be clear and just share with you what this time really means. And the third thing you, you might not like, I want to offend your sense of nostalgia. <laughs> I really want to do that. I, it's not that I'm against nostalgia. I love Norman Rockwell Christmases. I watch the Christmas uh, shows on TV the whole season. I listen to the Christmas music during the season. I love Christmas. And so I'm not going to just, I don't want to crush your view of Christmas. I just want to offend your sense of nostalgia. And the reason I want to do that is because the real story is a whole lot better than the story that we've grown to know. The real story is far better. 
The real story that actually happened is far better than the story that we oftentimes envision in our mind. Because the story we just read is not about a perfect Christmas. It's not about things being perfect. In fact, if it were about things being perfect, then it felt miserably. <laughs> so when we talk about the perfect Christmas, we need to understand a couple of things. Number one, your family's not perfect. My family's not perfect. Your church is not perfect. Because nobody's is. And we have this sense that on Christmas, everything has to be absolutely perfect. But the whole deal with the Christmas message is this, is that when he came, the reason he came is because it wasn't perfect. We have this nostalgic idea of the manger scene in the stable, and we have this nostalgic idea of the little drummer boy standing around while the animals sort of gathered in and they all smelled great. It's not what happened. What happened is when Mary and Joseph got there to the town of Bethlehem, we don't even know how long they were there without lodging and how long they were homeless, but they were homeless. It just says the days were completed while they were there for her to be delivered. That means we don't even know how long she was there, but she was there for a while, and then she delivered, and she delivered in homelessness. She delivered in homelessness, and then she laid her child in a feed trough. In a feed trough. Wrapped in strips of cloth because that's what they had. In fact, it doesn't even say there was a stable. It was probably a cave. But regardless of what it was, we know there was the manger. And then the announcement that we're about to read from, the announcement goes not to the chief priest and the scribes and the Pharisees and the upper echelon of society, but the announcement that was made went not to the upper echelon of society, but it went to the itinerant shepherds on the outskirts of a very busy, crowded town. They were probably not even the people who would have owned the, the sheep. They were probably the people who would have been keeping the sheep for the people who were in the town, sitting out there at night, in the middle of the night, watching the sheep for them that they don't even own. These were common people. So if we could put it in today's context... The Christmas story is like this. It was really a little bit more like Jesus being born in a cardboard box behind the liquor store with some, with some really grubby homeless folk gathered in around that box. That's really more what it was like. 
You say, well, pastor, now that you've offended my sense of nostalgia, why did you do that for? What is the good in that? Well, the good in that we're going to read in this story because I want us to understand it in its context and what it was really like. Because there are no perfect Christmases. There are no perfect families. The fact is, is that Jesus entered into a broken and hurting world of poverty and homelessness. That's where he came. It says this. In Luke 2, verse 8, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The first thing we see of this story is that the, through the announcement of the angel is that it's available to all. That was the message, is that Jesus was available to everyone He didn't just come for a few, but he came to the very lowest rung of the society. That's who he came to, to make it known that it wasn't just for them, but it was for everyone that he came. This gospel message, this announcement from the angels is available to all. That's good news to some shepherds who are sitting out of the society, who are sitting on the outskirts. And to our sometimes very entitled thinking, we forget how good news that is because we are so privileged. But when we look around and we realize the good news that there's a lot of people in the world around us who feels like, yeah, that Jesus is not for them, that this whole thing is not for them, that they could not ever have anything like that. To them, he says, this is good news. He said, it's available to all people. I bring you good tidings of great joy to all people for, and then as if the shepherds would not have understood all people, the angel says, for to you today in the city of David is born a savior for you in particular, which is Christ the Lord. So it's available to all people. The next thing we see in this passage is that it's offered to some. It says, and suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
So as the announcement to these shepherds who must have been astounded in the middle of the night comes and the glory of the Lord shone around them as all of this is going on, then a multitude of heavenly hosts begin singing and praising God, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And what he's saying here is this. He's saying, this message is offered to some of peace. We live in a world of chaos. We live in a world of fighting and fussing. We live in a world that is, and a nation even, that is very divided. Even in our own families. There's often division. And we get confused about what the peace offering is. Because he said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And if we're not careful, we'll get the idea that he came to bring tranquility on earth. But that's not what he said. He said, peace. The shepherds understood this as not what he was what we think it is of tranquility on earth but the shepherds understood this for what it really meant which was a peace offering from god to man so the christmas story was then this is that we have rebelled against the holy god that we have rebelled against the righteous god that we have made a mess of everything, but God sent his absolute very best in Jesus Christ. That God sent a peace offering to man here on this earth. And it is offered to some people here on this earth, this peace offering. Remember, it's available. It was made available to all, that's right. But it's offered only to some I want you to think about that with me for just a minute. It is offered only to some. What do you mean? I mean simply this. We forget how blessed we are. We forget how blessed we are. Do you realize what a small percentage of the world you are in today because this peace offering has been offered to you? The peace offering of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, you have heard the gospel today that Jesus came and he died for you, for your sins. That this peace offering, that covering of your sins through Jesus Christ can come to you. This is offered to you. And I'm telling you, there are people all over the world today who are Muslims and people all over the world today who are Hindus and people all over the world today in all kinds of different cultures and societies who do not know anything at all about Christmas. They don't know anything about a savior that came. They don't know anything about a peace offering that was made. They don't know anything at all about our savior. But you do. I do. Say, well, that's terrible. If it's available to all, why is it only offered to some? And the reason it's only offered to some is because the few that are available to all, those few that it's offered only to some, and we don't often share it with others. 
See, there's only one reason why it's not offered to some other folks, even in our own community. And it's simply because we haven't told them yet. <laughs> we haven't made the offer. We haven't told them that the peace treaty was signed in blood by Jesus Christ. And this precious gift was given. Friend, you have heard. I have heard. And the only reason the multitudes haven't heard out there yet is because we haven't told them what we've heard. Go tell it on the mountain. <laughs> Over the hills and everywhere. Right? So it's available to all. It's offered to some. But then it's effective or few. The Bible says in verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at the things which they were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. See, it's effective for a few. Everybody in here today fits in the first two categories. It's available to all. That's the whole world. It's offered to some. That is those who have heard the good news. We need to offer it to more. <laughs> but it's effective for those who respond. For those who respond. The shepherds responded. The shepherds, when they heard it, they went and they saw the Savior and we know they got it. We know they understood it. And the reason we know that is because the first thing they did is they went out and they told everyone around them. Think of it. The gospel message, the first people that were picked to deliver the gospel message of the birth of Christ were these shepherds. And I often think, what's my excuse? You know, these shepherds, they would have most likely been uneducated men, not even able to read. And yet they were able to go out and tell. We are part of the privileged few who have heard the gospel message. How dare we not go out and tell the message we have heard? See, it's effective for those who respond. Everybody in here is in the first two categories. It's available for you. It's offered to you. But not everybody in here perhaps has responded to the gospel message and trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. And today can be the day that you do that. I just want to extend that offer to you today that you can trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord Make Him your Savior today. Receive the offer that He extended to you.
share this Jesus with someone who came in complete poverty to extend salvation and a peace offering from the Father to earth. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this time together and thank you for your word. Thank you for reminding us this morning that you came in the midst of our brokenness, that you came in the midst of our hurt, that you came in the midst of our sin, that you came in the midst of poverty so that we might be free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Christmas time is this. It's about when the holy became common so that the common might become holy. Let me say that again. It's when the holy became common so that you and I, the common, might become holy. That's what it's about. Stand with us. And if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior today, let today be the day you do that. I'll be waiting here to receive you. If you need to trust Him today, you can come and just say, Pastor, I want to do that today. I want to trust Him as my Savior right now. I want to trust Him today as my Savior. I want to trust Him as my Lord. And if God has dealt with your heart, you come.